You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So high right now. Anything's possible. Oh, my mama. Oh, my mama. Anything's possible. Rainy J's back with the vengeance. Back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. Ooh. This is the truth like 34. Yeah. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. Crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily, mainly podcast royalty. The content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings, 17 banners, way up in the rafters. J King, John Corrales, and Sam Jam Packard. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global, but it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's. That's the best way. Welcome back. This is the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. I want to thank you for making us part of your regular routine. We're here for you all throughout the offseason. Today, we're here for you after an 89-73 United States win over the Brazil national team in the final uh, group stage game in the FIBA World Cup. From now on, it's knockout time. And this time, it was a pair of Celtics that really did a lot of damage. Uh, Kemba Walker, obviously, who's been fantastic all tournament long, had 16-5. and five. And Jalen Brown, who was just really good during stretches, 11 points and four assists, four rebounds. The four assists are very interesting. I'm John Corrales. I cover this team for MassLive.com. Also covering this team for MassLive.com is Tom Westerholm, who joins me today. Welcome back to the show, Tom. Thank you, thank you. Uh, so today was, I think, like the Kemba stuff is just like ah, Kemba. Kemba had a good game. Like, are, are we surprised by Kemba having a good game anymore? I'm not. No, no. So today, today was. Oh, is that your? Is that your kid? Uh, yep, that's the uh, the first uh, cameo between my son and my dog. I will, knew it. I knew they will it. be. They're going to make their lockdown. I believe they're lockdown debuts. Yeah, uh, on yeah. this podcast. Yeah, we haven't had the boy on, so that's great. <laughs> it's nice. It's very fun to have uh, to have him chime in every once in a while, and I'm sure he enjoyed Jalen Brown as well. <laughs> uh, he watched some of it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's going to be nice actually to like wake up and like watch basketball, like be able to just watch live basketball with your kid. I know he's probably too young to comprehend, but it's like still that's going to be yeah no. It, yeah, it is. It's fun. I mean, it's it's nice to uh, like you know he likes to try to watch his Elmo or his Sesame Street in the mornings, and uh, it's you know I usually let him watch a little bit, but it's it's nice to be like, hey, like uh, Daddy's got something that we get to watch. There today. you go. So, yeah, nice uh-huh. little switch up. So Jalen really was, from a Celtics perspective, the standout guy. Uh, Eleven points, which was you know. Like I said, Kemba had 16. Miles Turner also had 16. So he wasn't like the big points guy. The four assists was really, really nice uh, because we haven't seen him dropping dimes like that. And I think the biggest story for us on a Celtics podcast is watching Jalen Brown kind of take a step like that. And and who knows what's going to translate and what's going to carry over and how he's going to readjust back to being in, in Boston. But... Seeing him drive, especially in situations where it's just him, it's one defender, and it's been 
historically something where he was just going to try to end that person's life to see him just like stop and see that, that defender coming up on him and just drop it down and a nice, easy layup for Chris Middleton. It's the actual smart play. It's nothing spectacular, but it's such a good decision for a guy that hasn't been making those decisions for a while. That's really encouraging to see. Yeah, and that was in the half court, and then in in the in transition, I thought he was really impressive. Uh, you know, just kind of making the right play there too, because he is so athletic, and um, you know, he does you know like anybody who's that athletic would. He does love kind of going for that highlight play, but yeah, I mean, he had a, you know a bit of a breakaway, and then he dumped it off to uh, I can't remember who got that layup, but yeah, I mean, it's you know seeing it in transition as well as in the half court was good, just because you know those are two areas where. Especially in transition. I mean, he could be such a dangerous player if he was consistently making the right play, if he was consistently, you know, dishing to, dishing to somebody else, um, instead of always trying to, try to go for that dunk, always trying to, you know, make the impressive layup. Um, you know, that transition could just be such an area of his game where he, where he's so tough. And yeah, I think between, you know, between his playing way up, you know, playing some center, um, you know, a little power yeah. board and some center. I think those two things were really kind of stood out in terms of, you know, this is really interesting. Like, obviously, it's a very small sample size. It's one game and it's inferior competition. Um, but, you know, it's, it's it's still definitely something that the Celtics have to have kind of, you know, raise their eyebrows and, you know, be kind of hopeful over. It's it's in a way almost an enhanced summer league type of approach where seeing somebody do something good, you have to say, okay, What's what's really what can we really take out of this? Is this him like against Japan? I don't know how much good we could take out of him playing against Japan because that was just inferior competition. That Japanese team is not really good. But the ability to go up against bigger guys, regardless of the team that you're playing and defend them is and hold your ground shows that demonstrates the ability to to have that strength and, and and stand your ground in a position at the four where like okay that's interesting that can translate making a decision even if that defender is bad but the the making of that decision to dump it off multiple times that is something that I think can translate because he's now looking for that uh, and my biggest criticism of Jalen Brown going way back to the beginning of last season, people are probably sick of hearing it on this podcast, that he was just driving full speed and just trying to use his athleticism and just crush people. And I always compared it to a fastball in baseball, like a 100-mile-an-hour fastball in baseball with no movement that you could just time it, and it it doesn't matter how athletic you are if if you're not doing things to vary your approach – you're not going to be effective. So it's just good to see this step. He's not he's not just doing one thing. He's not just putting his head down. He's reading situations. He's understanding that second line uh, and and making the right play. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think you, you mentioned it a little bit too. I, I think that it's worth you know noting that he was guarding up to the four and guarding up to the five and just like the advantages that that brought too. You know, I, I think obviously, you know, I don't know that the Celtics are going to try to guard him up to the five um, like Popovich did, but it really did some nice things because the other thing 
Brazil then basically sent Verajao down into the post and said, all right, you know, go try to get a post-up bucket. And it worked a couple of times, but then, you know, Jalen was able to, uh, you know, take advantage of him on the other end. And also, Anderson Verajao post-ups aren't going to win you a game either. So I thought that, you know, obviously, you know, you like to see that. Like you said, you like to see him um, making the right play and sort of harnessing that athleticism in a in intriguing ways. And just kind of the overall package from him was – you know, like you said, I think that the summer league comparison is good, um, and and I think that that's pro- that that's probably the right way to look at it. Even if you know, like even if that's kind of the boring way to look at it because you like to overreact <laughs> to everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I think that the Celtics can, if you kind of look at it from the perspective of okay, you want to see him, you know, do some new things. You want to see him, you know, try some new things out, kind of explore his limits a little bit in a, in a in a setting like this. Um, I think that he did and, you know, and he really, I mean, he helps team USA win like without him, especially in that fourth quarter, I don't know that they pull away as much as they do. I, I think they still do win. Cause I, I think, you know, Brazil was pretty overmatched, but you know, I think that he really helps them put some distance um, in between the two teams. So yeah, I mean, all in all, I, I thought that was a, a really encouraging performance and, you know, some, definitely some things that the Celtics can, you know, hopefully take advantage of. Yeah. So, I mean, the next step is to take what he's doing here and apply it to the NBA and see what happens with the next level of competition that the obviously better talent, the better, the stronger, faster guys that you're going to face. I mean, it's one thing against washed up NBA Varejao. Now let's see what he does against actual NBA power forwards. But, that any little step in the right direction is a good step. I wrote about this on Mass Live, talking about the same thing. Jalen Brown showing off his passing, his versatility, and his potential. So go ahead and read that on MassLive.com slash Celtics. Also read on MassLive.com slash Celtics Tom's piece on Kemba and Jalen proving that the Boston Celtics can develop chemistry. We're going to take a break. And we'll talk about that piece and what we saw chemistry-wise when we come back here on the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In watching this game, the, one of the things that came up when we were talking to each other was uh, you're, you made the comment, like, it, it's kind of wild to see a team coalesce as they go along in a, a season, quote-unquote season. But, like, since a month ago from when they got together in Las Vegas to now, there are some obvious better chemistry with team USA. And like I said, before the break, you wrote about this. It's on MassLive.com slash Celtics. The headline is Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, proving Boston Celtics can develop chemistry despite last year. So why don't you get into Tom, what you saw and what made you have that, uh, had this idea. Yeah. So I, I thought that, you know, it, it just last season was such a strange season. Like it was so weird yeah. because like, and we've talked about this before, there was no obvious 
you know, moment where the locker room completely melted down and everyone hated each other. It always just kind of felt like a bunch of dudes who couldn't put it together. And that's what Tatum said after the season. That's what Smart said after the season. Um, you know, that's what a lot of guys have said about last year. And, you know, I don't know that we're going to get a chance to relitigate with that with them. Again, I think once we get to training camp, it's going to be all like, ah, oh, we're looking forward to 2019, 2020, um, which is fair. But I do think that it's interesting to watch this Team USA within the context of last year, just like, this team is actually doing what normal teams do, which is they struggle a little bit at first while they're all trying to get to know each other. And then eventually they learn how to play basketball together and they play pretty well. And, you know, that's easier to do in this Team USA setting, I think, because it is temporary and because guys are, you know, sort of all focused on sort of the, the overall goal. You know, they're all sort of like, OK, let's let's all come together and accomplish this thing. And there's not you know, contractual stuff hanging over it. There's not team hierarchy stuff hanging over it. Like this is easier, but I do think it's been, it's been interesting to watch, especially since so much of this team USA session is a referendum on the Celtics. It's been interesting to watch the Celtics sort of come together and, you know, and it's not just the Celtics, obviously, but they're sort of at the center of it. And, you know, I wrote in the piece, like, like the, the Celtics, if the Celtics, you know, if, Team Shamrock, Team USA loses, there is, even if the Celtics play pretty well, there is some, you know, measure of referendum on the team. Like, they should shoulder some of, but not all of the blame, um, or at least some of the criticism. And the same is true when they play pretty well. Like, I think it's worth, you know, noting that a team with guys who were on last year's completely chemistry-less team are, you know, sort of now coalescing, and, and they are sort of coming together. And, you know, I think that if they do perform well, and if they do you know, make a run to the finals and, and win this thing, then, you know, the team shamrock, quote unquote, uh, you know, deserves some of the credit for that as well. So it was just something that kind of stood out to me because, you know, three, you know, three of the four Celtics who were on this team were also on last year's um, team that, that really struggled to come together. And it's, it's been interesting to watch them be a part of a unit that hasn't struggled to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's hard not to frame things in that way it, until next month, when and it's we're really it's very close to training camp opening, but it really is. until we get in there and start talking to these guys and and the new team kind of develops its own personality, we this is all we have. And look, I've seen Lakers fans on Twitter after the after that loss to Australia, I've seen Lakers fans like celebrate that because they they see this as essentially the Celtics, and when they couldn't get it done. I saw a lot of gloating about, oh, well, what did you expect from that Celtics team? So now that we're seeing things kind of develop, I do agree with you that this chemistry, and we saw how many times did we see Kemba, Jalen, and Marcus Smart on the floor together. And for some stretches, that lineup really started to work well. I'm interested to see if they're going to, when Jason Tatum comes back, we'll talk about that in the next in the next segment, if we see all four Celtics on the team together, which would be a really interesting lineup. But I, I think you're right about the temporary nature of this is is really what plays the most into it, that you can go out there and sacrifice. Like, it's very easy. We just talked about Jalen Brown doing all of this stuff because he can sacrifice. He can come off the bench, and it doesn't really matter to him much he he does whatever coach wants because it's coach pop and you're this is over at the end of the week like you don't have to sacrifice for eight months 
you sacrifice for eight weeks. And I, I single out Jalen unfairly. Like it, that applies across the board. So yes. a, anybody who's asked to sacrifice, it doesn't matter. Mason Plumley, like, okay, sacrifice. You don't play. All right. Well, I get to go home in a couple of weeks and I'll still get a gold medal if we win a gold medal at the end. So whatever. Um, so I think some of that plays into it, but this attitude, Whatever it is, like there has to be some carryover. What Kemba and Jalen and Jason and Marcus Smart are are doing in this feeling, this camaraderie, this this sacrifice, that doesn't all just go away when you come back to Boston. It, there's some level of that, I think, that kind of carries over, especially because all of those guys were together. Like Kemba could just be like, hey, remember China? We were doing this. Let, let's do this again. Let's keep doing this. But uh, on the other hand, it's the NBA, and now like when you come back, like Jalen's impending contract negotiations have nothing to do with facing France on Wednesday. Right. But when he comes to training camp, that's going to be a thing. When J- when Jalen's ta- walking around talking to Danny Ainge, that's a thing that kind of gets re-injected into this. So I'd like to think that some of this chemistry carries over and sacrifice carries over, but really it, it's, it's, it's hard to say without it actually happening. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's one of the quotes that I pulled out from the from the pool reporters uh, for, the, for the story. It was just, Kemba saying like like we need each other so bad and it was just like it, it was an interesting phrasing because he he made it you know like he emphasized it so much like we need each other you know obviously it's easy to be like yeah we need each other we all need to come together he's like no like we need each other so bad like like none of us are good enough individually um you know to win this thing and I think that you know it, it's interesting to watch him not take a step back but be the best player well, yeah, to take a step back while being the best player on the team or, you know, one of, no, That's yeah, true. I think he's probably the best player on the team. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, you know, so it, it's been interesting to watch him do that and just kind of knowing like, okay, he's going to need to be in almost this exact position in a couple of months. You know, he's going to need to be the best player or, you know, I mean, you know, if Tatum takes a massive leap, you know, maybe you could say that, but, or, you know, if Hayward is, is super, super healthy. Um, but I, I just, I think that he's probably going to be the best player on the Celtics as well. And, you know, again, he's going to have to take something of a step back, but still sort of remain present, um, and be ready to take over if he has to. And, you know, he sort of insinuated that, like, look, if, if the team needs 25 or 30 points, then, you know, I'm going to try to do what the team needs, but, you know, that's not what, that's not what they need right now. They need 16 points and a guy who facilitates. They need, you know, a steady hand running the offense. And that's what he's been. And I think this, you know, in terms of chemistry, I think that has to go a long way because he is learning. Well, I don't even know if he's learning. The guys around him are learning that if he does that, they can win. And if so, if he plays this role where he does take a bit of a step back, they can win. And I think, you know, that's, that's got to mean something. Um, because, you know, they, they've seen how much, how big a deal it was when he came this summer. They've, they've seen how much emphasis the Celtics organization put on him. And to see a guy who got all of that credit and all that accolades and, and all of this noise when he arrived to see him sort of saying like, we need each other. We need each other. I think that'll matter. Um, you know, come the, come the regular season and, you know, maybe it won't matter enough. And, you know, maybe Jalen will get a little fed up, uh, you know, just having to, play for a contract this season. And if he does, you know, it's hard to blame him. He's, he's had really good moments and, um, you know, that's, that, that's just kind of life in the NBA is sometimes you 
don't get what you want and you're unhappy about it and that's fair. But I do think that, I think you're right. I think some of this will carry over and, and I think that, you know, that the Celtics will, you know, I, I think they'll like each other more this season. Whether they play <laughs> together well, I don't know, but I think they will like each other. I, I think that is a safe bet. I like that you brought up that quote. And if anything, when Walker said, I'll read the whole quote here. We, we just need each other so bad. I think we're starting to realize that the teams are, are so good and teams are so tough. It's just taking everyone, everybody and everything we got to win these games. The chemistry is coming along really well. So the, the one thing that I take out of this and why I love that Kemba said that is something that I've been preaching forever and another one of these things that I say all the time, if you move the ball and you play the right way, the ball will find the right person. Eventually, if you pass and move and set screens and make the right cuts, the right person will get the ball because a passing lane will present itself. And if you make the right decision, as Brad says, the next right play, then the next right play will get you to the easy basket. And going back to some of the conversation from the first segment, Jalen driving, drawing a defender, dumping it off. It's not spectacular. It's not a highlight. It leads to a layup. Okay. His dunk is going to be what everybody is watching over and over again. And that's what's going to be on sports center. But that next right play found the right guy. And you know what happens? Ultimately, it was Jalen Brown that we were talking about, even though Chris Middleton got the layup. It was Jalen Brown making those plays that we were talking about. And I think one thing from last season that contrasts with this concept is that so many guys were trying to do things themselves. And I hope that the lesson that they learn is last year, everybody tried to do it themselves. And look at the summer that we just had. Look at all of the shit that we just had to answer for. Now, here we are on Team USA on a team that can't rely you just absolutely can't rely on individual stuff we have no choice but to play together and by moving and cutting and sharing the ball look at who's getting the glory Kemba Jalen Marcus Smart gets gets some of the shine Jason Tatum when he was playing was getting some of the shine for doing some of the things he wasn't even scoring a ton he was rebounding in that that big win over Turkey I hope the lesson that they take from this is when you stop worrying about getting your own numbers, eventually you're going to get your own numbers just by playing the right way. Yeah, and I think one interesting thing about, about this season, too, is you talk about shine and, you know, how, like, yeah, like Kemba's the best player, but Jalen gets the shine for, for playing the right way. That, even when guys played the right way last season, I don't know that they necessarily got the shine um, because of Kyrie. Like, because everybody... <laughs> Every, and, and not, it wasn't Kyrie's fault. Like everybody was so focused on Kyrie, both, you know, like we were super focused on Kyrie and the media, the Celtics organization was super focused on Kyrie. Everything was just done with this idea. Like we have got to keep this guy happy. And like that was, that was just a huge organizational focus. Um, you, you know, and it just, I think it, I think it really showed. I think that a lot of times, like a guy would have a nice game or he would, you know, like make a big play and it, like it would still always, you know, it still always seemed like it came back as like, you know, oh, well, okay, is this going to help Kyrie stay? Like that was like the, the complete sure. overarching narrative of the season. That's going to be gone this year. You know, like is Kemba going to stay? Well, it does, yeah, he's, he's got <laughs> three more years left on his contract. Like, right. you know, is, you know, that would, like that question 
um, that sort of like shadow hanging over everything that, that again, I don't think that particular shadow was Kyrie's fault, but it did hang over everything. And I think it will be easier for guys to sort of stand out and, 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 you know, be noticed on a team where there isn't, you know, that drama, um, you know, just kind of, yeah, just, just kind of hanging there. I think that'll be a bit of a relief for everybody, too. Yeah, that's a fair point. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back. Jason Tatum appears ready to return. We'll talk about his impact and moving forward for Team USA and those Celtics who are on Team USA. Stick around. We're coming right back here on the Locked On Celtics podcast. You are Locked On Celtics, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Big stuff here on the Locked On Celtics podcast, but big stuff around the network, too. want to make you aware that there's a Locked On Red Sox. We know that Dave Dombrowski has been fired. Big news for those of you who are Red Sox fans. Locked On Red Sox has you covered there. Also, Locked On Patriots, they returned to action defending Super Bowl champs, and they destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, and Taco Fall. And Grant Williams were there, of course. They're everywhere. But uh, go check out Locked On Patriots as well. They're all part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Those two guys, man, they are inseparable, man. It's awesome. They're Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty funny together. I, I was at Lake Kenobi when they were there for a uh, the Celtics annual trip up there, and, and they brought those two, Carson, um is that it? I think they've just brought those three, but, uh, I think so. Yeah. I mean, they, they, those two are, you know, <laughs> just hilarious. They're, they're, they're just funny. They, they clearly enjoy each other. They, I, I also think they definitely enjoy being the center of attention and, and they <laughs> enjoy the fact that when they're together, they are the center of attention, especially sure. Grant. You know, I don't know if Taco enjoys it or not, but he seems to enjoy Grant and Grant, you know, he's a, yeah, you know, he's he's called himself a, a nerd, a goofball. He's definitely kind of a, a clown in a good way. Um, he, he he enjoys this stuff for sure. Um, let's uh, so back to Team USA. Jason Tatum, it appears, is poised for a return. Nothing official yet, but uh, it seems like things are pointing that way for Jason Tatum. The U.S. national team plays on Wednesday. And that game's at 7 a.m. Eastern, and they take on France, who uh, just lost to Australia. So now they have to face the United States in the first round of the knockout stage. Now, the question I was watching the jump, the question that was posed on the jump, and I'll just jack that question for this, <laughs> Do because why not? Do Does Team USA need... Jason Tatum to beat France. I think probably not, right? Like, I mean, I mean, France, need, need is the has, operative word. Yeah, France like, has NBA players, you know, and like, like that matters a lot. And and you know, I mean that in sort of a uh, France has NBA players with like the S, which is important because uh, you know Greece didn't; they had. A single one, and he was a great one. But they, you know, the team USA was able to just load up on him. Sure. Um, you know, Brazil had NBA players, but you know, they're older guys, and you know, not not that scary really. So, I. But even so, I mean, I, I just, I, I honestly, 
talent wise, I don't think that Team USA needs Tatum at all. Like, I think they could win this thing without him, just based on the talent that's on the team. It kind of, and again, it would kind of come back to coalescing. But I mean, it certainly helps. It certainly will be big to have him back. Like, anytime you can have a guy back who you know can go get his own bucket and you know is probably one of the more reliable guys on the team at doing that, then yeah, I mean, it's gonna it's gonna help enormously um, if he does play. But I would think that they could probably win this game without him if it came down to if his ankle was feeling a little sore and you know he didn't want to, he didn't want to go. I think they'd probably be okay. Yeah, I, I think the, that question the the need do they need him? Like they're not they're not screwed without him. Could they use him? Yeah, obviously because right. he's he's a talented guy. So and I'm really curious to see how. Team USA approaches France because obviously they've got Rudy Gobert. Uh, they've been getting a ton out of Nando DiColo, who could yeah. do like I. I am just loving, just loving how random some of these guys are that are just destroying in the FIBA tournament. Like Thomas Sadoransky is carrying the Czech Republic. Like he has made them extraordinarily dangerous. Now he's, he's been good and we can make fun of the wizards for not playing him, but still correct. Yeah. (laughs) Still, he's not like, it's not like he's playing like this. Um, Nando DiColo, like I just said, Patty Mills is a God for the (laughs) Australian team. We just saw, Freaking Anderson Verjao looked like prime Kevin McHale in the post against the, U- the United States. Like, I think that for the FIBA rules are different enough, and these guys have been playing with the, their their teams for so long that they really get they maximize their talents out there. But anyway, so <laughs> Nando Decolo's out there doing work. Evan Fournier dropped 31 points for France in their win. Um, in their loss, I'm sorry, to Australia, uh, they're they're getting they're getting production out of Batum. They got Tilakina, obviously, like I said, Gobert. They've got Poirier, so we're gonna get our chance. If you haven't watched any of France, this is your first chance to see Boston Celtics' new big man, Vincent Poirier. Um, I, I I'm curious to see what they do with Gobert. Do they do they go big? Do they do they rely on Miles Turner to match up? Or do they try to go small and draw Gobert out and and try to maybe use the FIBA rules to kind of pack the paint against the uh, any sort of pick and roll that France is going to run to prevent Gobert from getting all the way to the rim? I would honestly at least try out the latter because I mean Turner and Turner is going to be able to actually do some some similar things um, against Gobert in terms of you know spacing him out to the three point line like that. I, I think that Gobert's defense might get a little bit, you know, negated in this game just because Turner can space him out to the three point line. If they go small, they're going to be able to blow by him. Like he, he does kind of struggle with quicker guys who can take him off the bounce. Um, so I, I think they'll be able to handle that. But yeah, and if you go small and, and you force them to, to, you know, to react to that and to try to turn Gobert into like their go to scorer, I think that's not how they would win. You know, I, I think they would win if, if Evan Fournier goes off again and, uh, you know, if, if Team USA goes cold shooting threes, like, I think that's France's path to, to a victory is, is getting a big game out of, out of one of their perimeter guys and, you know, trying to stifle, um, you know, the U.S. behind the three point line and then obviously relying on Gobert inside. Um, so I mean, if, if, you know, if, if the U.S. can, can negate some of Gobert's impact and, and go 
five, you know, smaller guys and, you know, put Harrison Barnes or, you know, even try Jalen out again at center. It, it works, you know, for, and, and not the whole game, obviously, but, you know, for little three minute, four minute stretches here and there, it's, it, I think it's a good idea. And it's definitely something I think Popovich will at least explore. And this is why I think the Tatum return might be pretty important because he's got that length. So you can go small without sacrificing a ton of size. I mean, you, you can throw, uh, one of your point guards out there, probably Kemba, and you can do like a Middleton, Tatum, Brown, Barnes lineup and just have four of the same size wings and just roll with it. I mean, you got, if you can play the zone, so you can kind of make up for the lack of size, you can get out on a shooter, you've got the length to kind of bother some of these shots. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they if they tried something like that. Uh, but I think ultimately it, it's going to boil down to some of the things that have been working for the United States all along, which is the bench, bench versus bench. Uh, I yep. think obviously that that's what it's going to boil down to. We've seen now in a couple of straight games where the United States has used their bench to to really uh, break things open. Uh, again, Jalen Brown coming off of the bench. Uh, they got some production from Marcus Smart against um, against Brazil. So uh, Chris Middleton coming in, dropping nine points. Like the no no other team has that. So even if they can just play France to a standstill, Gobert's gonna have to come off the floor. And depending on how Poirier does. They'll have to test. They'll have to test his ability to defend out on the perimeter, which it's going to be interesting to see them try to kind of expose a guy that they're really going to be relying on. But uh, the Celtics are going to be relying on. But it, it's so hard to say because they can go so many different directions with this game. Yeah, they could. I mean, I don't know how much you've watched Poirier, but I do think that uh, if 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 the uh, the Americans decide to try to expose him a little bit. There's some exposure that could happen. Uh, sure. He's not he's not the fleetest of foot uh, when he's when he gets pulled out to the perimeter. So yeah, um, yeah I, I I think that you, I think you're exactly right. And I mean it's 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 funny to watch Team USA where it's like you know Kemba's you know a step or maybe a half step above everybody else, and uh, you know maybe maybe Mitchell is up there with him, and then you just have you know just a whole team of guys who are exactly as good as each other or like pretty close to exactly as good as each other, where they're all, you know, real talented, you know, maybe secondary guys on their team. Uh, you know, like, I mean, you, you can't really say that there's much delineation between a lot of them and that makes them so dangerous when any one of these guys would be the best player on most of the teams, you know, not, not Greece and, you know, probably not France, but on, on most of these teams, you know, Jalen Brown's probably the best player, right? Like on most of these teams, uh, you know, Joe Harris is really, really dangerous. You know, that these, like, the, that, that's what makes this USA team so, so tough is, you know, and, and it can lead to some ball watching sometimes on, on their end because everybody knows that everybody's, that everybody else is really talented, but, you know, it can also lead to some just massive second unit runs when the other team is like, all right, we gotta, we, we gotta put our bench guys in now and they're gonna get, you know, they're, they're going to get matched up with Jalen Brown. They're going to face Donovan Mitchell, who's staggering his minutes with Kemba. Like, it's a, it's a tough proposition. Turns out Team USA is pretty good. <laughs> who would have known? Um, I, I have urgent, critical, breaking news 
involving Enos Cantor. Enos Cantor. Uh, Enos Cantor just won the WWE 24-7 title <laughs> at, a, at a match <laughs> at uh, Madison Square Garden. If you, I just, it just happened to be on, on, uh, tweet deck here and I saw a picture of Cantor holding up the belt. So he came in, I don't even know who he beat, whatever. So Cantor Love comes in. Yes, right? <laughs> Cantor comes in and pins this dude and then he's got his like Celtics jersey on and as he's celebrating, the dude pins him again against the gimmick with the 24-7 titles. It's always being defended at all times. So <laughs> Cantor, the wannabe professional wrestler, ha- is is now can now add former WWE champion to his resume. I know this is So take that, Erdogan. There you go. <laughs> this is why you listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. <laughs> just for things like that. Um thanks everybody for listening. Hope you've enjoyed <laughs> the show. Um Whew, boy, basketball better get back here real fast. <laughs> uh, keep watching for our stuff on MassLive.com slash Celtics. I got to tell you, you guys have been reading a lot of it. The numbers have been great, and we really, really appreciate it. Thank you all. We, we look forward to doing a lot more great stuff this upcoming season. Thanks to Tom for joining us. You can uh, follow Tom on Twitter at TomNBA. Or do you have an underscore in there? I forget. I do. Yeah, at Tom, Tom underscore Tom NBA. underscore NBA. That's what it is. Uh, and uh, obviously follow me, Reds Army underscore John. That's the show. Give us that five-star rating. Give us that good review and share the podcast. Tell everybody to listen to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast. Rainy day.